new for 96 with your hosts Kevin McCauley and Chris Nguyen. Do people call no butts no cans yes. anymore? No, <laughs> out of the context of like a vaudeville. Is this the intro? Play. Is this really the intro? <laughs> I don't know. It could be worse. <laughs> Honestly, it could be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin and I are currently two melted piles of marshmallows because it's it is, warm. It's like a hundred degrees outside, yeah. uh, plus a hundred percent humidity. Right. So it is. Plus, it accumulates because it doesn't cool off at night here. No. So it just it it just adds heat. Every it just day. stays. It is awful. Yeah. Uh, which, like, uh, I can't imagine that back in the, back in the, back in the, uh, when people had, like, so-so AC systems in their cars, how mm-hmm. they survived this. Like, can you imagine? I mean, it is warmer now than it might have been then. Uh, but, like, in your car, your 19, like, our cars have 1980s uh, AC systems, and mm-hmm. they w- are not adequate. Like... So how did people do that if these were their daily drivers? Don't live in Houston? Yeah. Well, that's a good plan, actually. Um, I don't know. I think maybe with less traffic, you're moving a little more. I don't know. Maybe. Wouldn't you think? I don't know. I There's always see these... so many fewer cars on the road. I Yeah, there are definitely more cars now, but I think traffic was just as bad. True. That's why they keep widening the lanes. Yeah. Um, so it's fine. We're inside my our AC'd uh, podcast hut. Barely. In my backyard. Um, this is where I keep the lawnmower for my patch of grass. Do you think that there are such things as lawnmower enthusiasts? According to King of the Hill, yes. <laughs> and would they be subscribers to Lawn and Mower? <laughs> or something along those lines? Lawn. Field and... Lawn slash mower. <laughs> yeah. Right, it's not C. It's not C. Yeah. Slash D. Gra- grass ampersand blade. Yeah, yeah. Oh no! It's another episode of New, New for ninety six. That's from the heat and not from the lack of enthusiasm. Oh, maybe the book. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's hard to say. What did you do today? I went to work. Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, I got something in the mail. A part for the Celsius. Really? You have one guess, and then I will correct you. Is it a shock absorber? It is not a shock absorber because I already have an extra set. But am <laughs> is it a dashboard? Still collecting bits. Now I wish it was a dashboard because I have like this one little flaw in it. One big flaw, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it is a CD changer from <sighs> an LS400. I have to, it's so stupid, but I want to make it working. I want to make everything working in Come that Come back bargain. to me when it's a fax machine. Uh, the optional accessory fax I, machine. We got to post that on the Instagram. We do. And I don't, I don't know that anyone ever optioned that. Someone had to. I did see a Celsius for sale that had the uh, flip-down LCD screen, which, you know, think about, this was 1990, uh, 1989 when this car came out, and the flip-down television screen was like, it was LCD. LCD would be, I mean, beyond state-of-the-art. I think it was like four or $5,000. Oh, I bet. And it was like maybe a three-inch screen. <laughs> uh, so I was like... I whenever you see like weird features, I always save the photos for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do you have like just random like random non pornographic image folders? Oh, did you say non pornographic? Yes. Uh, yeah, I used to be a lot more meticulous about collecting like car photos and stuff, and now it seems like you can just refine 
stuff if you wanted to. I so, but so. I st- I do I do save some, but I used to have like divided in folders by cars and di- different things like that. And yeah. now I don't find myself saving as much. Yeah, I have like I used to I would obsessively save like listing photos of like cars that just looked good in listing photos. But I would save like everything for no reason. Just in case I wanted to go back and see like <laughs> what like this engine bay like, look like or Craigslist the... photos. No, it used to be like eBay photos or something oh. like that. Um, so I, there's like a, it's like ten thousand photos of like seat bottoms and like <laughs> wheel wells. Uh, it's stupid. Uh, but I do have like one folder with twenty thousand images. In Just it. loose. Uh, no, they used to be divided by year, mm-hmm. and they were inspiration. They used to be like inspiration images for like design, and then I turned it into a Tumblr. Oh, uh, and so the Tumblr's still there. I don't contribute it much to mm-hmm. it. I don't think there's a lot of engagement on Tumblr. No, I don't anymore because so. I used to like I could get like several hundred notes yeah. with their likes. Like, yeah, yeah, me too for photos, and then it's kind of dwindled since yeah. then. And I also don't post. I have anymore. stuff. I have my Instagram auto post to it, but I never check to see how it's doing. Yeah, ever. Um, Tumblr. They got rid of the porn. I had and what, fatal flaw. That was the foundation. Yeah, it was a load bearing, load bearing <laughs> pornography. <laughs> the glue that held it all together. Yeah. Oh uh, no. Guess what I did today? What did you do today? I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wow. Yeah, and the cars. Are amazing. How do you have time to see a movie in the middle of like a work day? <laughs> That's not important. <laughs> um, yeah. It was the morning of a work day. Amazing. And uh, yeah, the cars are incredible. And well, so like Sharon Tate has, this is not spoilers for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. But uh, Sharon Tate has a 911. I think it might be an anachronistic because it's set in 69. I yeah. think it's a... I don't know. It has the black horn grills, so it might be oh. a '73. Yeah, it's a long hood, but it's like the black. I, I don't know. It's it's got the cool like S front lower valence. Yeah, it's it looks really good. I have to. I'll have to look it up. This yeah. is in theaters. It's in theaters, and That's I right. couldn't even see. I didn't even see it on IMCDB, the oh Internet Movie Car Database. I love that. But um, there's so many cars logged into yeah. that thing but they don't have much on this movie i guess because it's still in theaters so yeah. like the real nerds can't like pause every frame yeah you know once true. it goes to video or di- digital i think it'll be yeah you'll Plus you'll have the flash a more comprehensive the list. flash in the theater usually crowns out the, the photo, there was so. honestly times where i was like i want to take a picture of the screen because not just for the cars which yeah. the cars were amazing and yeah. they apparently got two thousand vintage cars whoa for the shit. movie but like they'll be driving in la and like you know they'll every car on the street they go past and they'll go past a side street and you see the cars down there and it's all accurate i mean it's really incredible i'm always astonished at when a show can actually do that or movie can do that clear blocks right and then fill them up with like they cleared parts of the highway that's insane they cleared the highway so it's like how they did that i know it's amazing but here's the coolest part is it's again not spoilers, but uh, Leonardo DiCaprio plays a Western act, mm. like actor in westerns. Mm. So there's stuff on the Lufka cult, Lufka cult lot, like at Universal. Oh. There's you can see like it, not just like oh that's a Western set. I yeah. wonder if that's Universal. Like there's parts where it's clearly identifiable as a set as that set, and you can oh. see like down the street, and you can see like the Alamo 
the oh. end. Or you see, like, remember the weird, like... Yeah, where the safaris were? Yeah, yeah. But also, remember, like, some of those wooden buildings would have, like, yeah. these, like, wooden staircases around the corner and yeah. stuff. Like, you see that kind of stuff. Like, it oh, was yeah. it was unmistakable. And, in, in fact, like, the general store, the signage was all the same as yeah. when we were there. Oh, uh, It was really cool to cool. see that. And used in the movie, but also used in the movie as a set in yeah, this movie. Yeah, very meta. Uh, it was great. Yeah. So, it was, a, it was a really enjoyable movie. Nice. I liked it a lot. Nice. Uh, definitely check that out it. i never yeah. watch movies i love i absolutely hate going to the theater the <sighs> most enjoyable too. experience is like to just go and pay five dollars on a weekday and get it over with so it was uh good though i definitely recommend it so i, I wish i had like the attention span like i get so little sleep because um i don't know i just don't like i, I go to sleep so late uh that whenever like lights are dimmed my body will trick me mm-hmm. into falling asleep and so anytime a movie like the the house lights dim i'm just like out like a light and then i've just wasted 15 dollars. that happened to me, the last time this was not the last movie that i saw but i remember birdman watching birdman in the studio or in the studios in the theaters and I like I was like ooh I'm excited to see this movie and then like the next thing I knew I opened my eyes and it was the rolling, the credits were rolling no, wow. no one I went with they, woke me they up. They don't make them. They, they used to be required to make them ninety minutes, and now it's like you're like yeah. you get five. You blink and it's gone. Yeah, it's all commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, well, excellent. I'm gonna watch that then. I've, yeah, you should check it out. Yeah, it I, was. It was. I mean, there's like a lot of beautiful cinematography yeah. and cars, and it's all golden hour I, L.A. like golden age. I was just uh, looking up the. IMCB for uh, 90210 again oh. because they're relaunching the show for uh-huh. like a third time. So wow. this time it won't be like a teen drama on the WB or the CW or whatever it is now. Uh, it's going to be like the return of all the old actors. Not all of them. Yeah, not all. Luke Perry had a small role in this. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. I, wow. So it's been in production for a second. Yeah uh yeah so i'm excited about that but like looking at the early 90s show there were so many good cars like yeah well uh, i watched like i was texting you i watched reality bites houston movie and mm-hmm. and ben stiller drives this Saab 900 convertible he does, yeah and, he plays like uh he plays like a yuppie of some kind or a yeah, professional yeah yeah and winona Ryder has this hand-me-down like uh i think it's a e20 three series okay yeah it's so. like a three or it might be an e28 five series but it's like a rusty bmw that okay. she's like and she just you know she is all anti-consumerism and then yeah. she gets this hand-me-down bmw and feels like oh, i'm such a yuppie now yeah i the i hate in movies when it's like uh it's a period movie and there you go uh and like cars that are supposed to be like relatively new for that uh that period are like they look like they're 30 years old like everything else might be perfect except for that which is frustrating to see do you know what i mean like they have patina on them oh like stranger things was good like they got like brand new looking like yeah volvo 240s and that labaron oh have you seen it yet uh no not the third season okay third season's good it's a good show um anyways yeah so 90210 i uh the the most stars I've ever gotten on Jalopnik or on Kinja, I guess, uh, was when I posted a GIF of uh, uh, Matthew Perry driving a G body uh, Targa and racing, attempting to race Luke Perry in his three fifty six, uh, oh. and then he like um, he fishtails it out of like the high school parking lot 
uh, like an ass. Um, and they, I think it was like a memoriam post for Luke Perry. Mm. But I, I think it was Donna. I, I fell in love with Sobs, not because of Seinfeld, but because I think Donna drove one. Or maybe she had a... No, it was Kelly. Kelly had the Saab 900, and Donna had E36, e uh, like 318i Cabriolet or something. They all had Cabriolets, I think. Wow. Yeah, except for the... Uh, I forget their last names. Whatever. The the poor kids. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can I... Uh, the look of boredom yeah. in your face. This is... It's very... Uh, of of the time topic to talk about it's very yeah, important it's just the amount of 90210 oh, you've brought to this episode might be this is important Anyways. 901 too much no get out of here no seriously get out okay. um yeah so you just came back from a trip that you did not invite me on right uh tell us something about it kevin oh, okay <laughs> thanks for the postcards that you did uh, not send i didn't have enough time to like purchase things hmm I brought you a car magazine that you was did. free. <laughs> anyway. I, um, it says free in huge letters <laughs> on the cover. Yes. Uh, it was their auto trader. Yep. Anyway, uh, I went to Germany and then Belgium Yeah. Uh, for an auto week thing. Yep. Drove some Porsches. Drove some Porsches. Drove some Porsches. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I flew into Stuttgart. Yep. Um, and the real reason why you went was to confirm uh, the detail that I, ha I had been told that the Speedster's uh, windshield is the same. It like it was not truncated. I thought that you would just assume that conclusion, no, which no one knows what we're talking about. I was about. told about that, but okay, go on. We'll get to that. The uh, so it was like a six. I mean, I flew to Atlanta and then from Atlanta to Stuttgart. So the point is, I arrived there overnight at like nine a.m. and then it's like, well, we're going to the Porsche Museum. Yep. <laughs> Start you the day. Sleep on the plane. I did. Yeah, yeah I did a little. Um, uh, so I got to go to the Porsche Museum, which was incredible. Very cool, yeah. I've seen this sculpture and everything yeah. online, and and so to see it was amazing. And all the cars, like yeah. these are the, some of the last cars that I haven't seen at all the other events. Like, yeah, these, some of these just don't the, make it the out. The rotating there. display, but like everything is there, and then some. Yeah, and you got to go into the archives. Yeah, too? yeah, into the archives, and we saw some of the old ads, and they keep tear sheets from every like. Every review or publication, yeah. they, they save this stuff and they save it in boxes that are meant to be preserved for the next, you know, forever. Yeah. Like they, they talk about how they store it and stuff. And uh, it was very cool. Very cool. Um, in one of the rooms, there was just like a slide, like just a, like a micro. I don't know if it was an original, if it was the original slide, but it yeah. was like the negative film like slide of that famous 917 photo with all of oh. them lined up. Like, and I'm like, I don't know if this is the original or a reproduction of this, but it was just like on the top of a cabinet. Really it was, cool. It was just, on, yeah, it that's was extremely crazy. Cool. That's really cool. If that would be, if that was the original one. Yeah. The lady that was the archivist, she showed us this, like, it was like a hand done. It was like the, like one of the first like drawings literally of the Porsche crest. Whoa. Um, like the actual yeah. piece of paper or yeah. whatever. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. And they had like log books from all the, first run of 356s like all the production notes and changes and things That's like so at, cool. from the assembly line so it was incredible but i uh you go up and you take the escalator and it's the left escalator goes up because the oh. ignition is on the left how confusing yes <laughs> <laughs> um but i re i recorded i'm, I'm just going to insert this but i recorded in uh the tour guide and this guy was so amazing because he was so insane and german and enthusiastic and yeah. not just 
not just what he said, but like the way he said everything was yeah. so insane that I I recorded like twenty minutes of it. And I wanted to splice just in a couple of clips. Comically German. Yeah, but it was just weird. Like he was just such a like weird like giant Porsche nerd. Whoa! And it was amazing. And so I'm gonna play something. But I'll play something for us because I have queued up yeah, like well, one thing. Maybe cut this in. Yeah, we're gonna cut this in. We needed to make a change in the in, with the number, so the 911, and the reason was, I think you know, Peugeot, Peugeot. it's incredible but true, to have a trademark for the zero in the middle. Uh, yeah, I'm so thankful about it because yeah, we made a change and the 911 was not the baddest deal for us. So today, 911 is as popular as McDonald's or Coca-Cola all over the world. Uh, was not so bad. And now let's talk about the ignition key. So. The escalators, and we always turn on the left. But why is the ignition key on the left? It's your turn. You know two versions, and now you will get the third one and the truth one. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. So yeah, in the past, really, Porsche said, 24 hours of Le Mans, uh, the race driver stood in one line, come and shoot, they run to the car, jumped in, started on the left, put the gear on the right. But that's not the truth, because the gear was put yet. I'm sorry. And for the clutch, I don't need my right hand. Ah, yeah, so we are thrifty. Not stingy, that's very important. Thrifty to a four, but not stingy. Yeah, that's a big difference. So, here, and really, so the ignition key is here, and the relay is on this position. Oh, so, yeah. That's wires. Yeah. yeah, yeah, wires. Okay, so you said wires. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So, I'm sorry, you had the true <laughs> one. I'm sorry. Yeah, but really, the cable made of cover was shorter than to the right. And for me, this is so cool you know it's cheaper and today it's so cool everyone knows all around the world porsche on the left to start the uh, the car on the left that's great huh this is the best you can do you are uh, it's cheaper and the coolest version ever <laughs> first super sports car in the history and uh, the same here the, the know-how from rally and race sports we put inside so the first one with electronic all-wheel drive the first one with electronic lift system and with two turbochargers a small and a big one how do you call it in english Se sequential Se sequential sequential thank you exactly not uh, twin turbocharge so two same uh, chargers one small sequential i have to i hope i can memorize now yeah okay or so, in line you can say in line in, in line. In line? Ah, that's also possible. Yeah. In line or sequential. Thank you so much. And we built 292 cars with 450 horsepower, but there were also customers, they said, hey, that's not enough. And we built 29 sport versions, 515 horsepower. And listen, one built, uh, one bought Bill Gates. And when the car arrived in the US, he had a problem. He got no license. Yeah, but he waited till Bill Clinton 20, was the president. Years. and. Uh, I think it was okay for him to put it in the garage. Uh, not a big problem for Bill Gates, yeah, but uh, it's also, yeah, the 959. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that was fun. That, that was, was great. That was, uh, yeah, that was it. The museum was incredible. Got to see so many cars. Um, Pink Pig 917, I'd never seen. Yeah. And the 917 original 1969 one, which yeah. they just restored yeah. for the 917 exhibit for Whoa. the 50th anniversary. Because yeah. so the 917 was famously horribly unstable in 69. Yeah. They had very rudimentary aerodynamics. Yeah. So the next year, they because of John Wire and the golf team, they figured out, oh, this is what we have to do to get actual downforce. Yeah. So they all the 69 spec cars turn into 70 spec cars. Yeah. All at 25. Whoa. So uh, they fixed it. But port, like, so there are no 1969 spec 917s, but they at least uh, 
restored the original, the number one car, which is pretty cool. That is very cool. Like, so. I really want to go, although, like, I stupidly booked a trip to Japan instead of uh, Germany. I'd actually would rather go to Germany first. No, maybe not. Maybe I would like Either to go way. to Japan. Because I'm going to go to, anyways, whatever. I'm going to go to, there are a bunch of, I'm building the list now of all the car things to do there. Excellent. Yeah. But, so that's so cool. Yeah. And uh, do, do you know, okay, you know that the photos of what looks to be like the warehouse, the archive of cars, is that there? That is there. I didn't get to go there. Okay. But yeah, that is there. Like the museum has like 500 plus cars yeah. and only 70 are on display. Oh, wow. or the Or Porsche owns like 550 cars in their collection and yeah. they, they display like 70 at a time. So wow. they have like a, a, a storage that's off-site. But it's really cool because there's this traffic circle and you've got the museum there and you've got the factory there yeah. and it's just cars are just constantly going around that traffic circle. Actually, weirdly, I saw like a BMW camouflaged 3 Series go through oh, that really? circle. But... Um, Wait, is that like a public road? It's or? a public road. Yeah, okay. it's just an intersection. Yeah. And uh, so there's just stuff going through. But a lot of it's like car carriers with, yeah. a, with a dozen 992s on it and stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. So it was very cool. One of them did have a couple speedsters because it was like they were kind of taped up with the yeah. white plastic, but you could tell it was an interesting roof line. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to the cars that we drove. We, we, we did a road trip to Belgium mm-hmm. uh, for to Spa-Francorchamps, which is a legendary racetrack that is about a hundred years old Mm -hmm. and uh so we had it was one it was andrew collins from jalopnik Mm -hmm. with the other american uh and then there was a couple other people from europe yeah that were there and so the four cars in our group it was the speedster yeah uh which was really exciting that and and our the pr guy from america who brought us was kind of like he looked out for us so it's like he's like what do you want to take first yeah. And so he would just like make it happen. So yeah. we're like, we want the speedster because it's a manual and it's new and it's yeah. the most exciting. So, so auto week has already reviewed all of these cars, but yeah. I, um, telling a different story, we're kind of stringing all this together. Yeah. So I don't need to review each individual car on it on its own. It's kind of the cumulative experience, more atmosphere. Okay. That's how I, that's what your, it. your perspective. Yeah. Will be. Yeah. And then, uh, so there was two GT3 RSs. Yep. One of them had the Wysak package and no air conditioning. Amazing. And no navigation. Oh, my God. And so these, these two huge German, cubbies? Yeah. So there's, the German, there's two German journalists, yeah. like TV journalists, and they uh, they got stuck with that car all day because oh, it was oh extremely hot. Like, it was oh like 95 degrees. And that it wasn't just the AC, but it was because of the no nav. And so everyone else needed nav, but yeah. they were local. So it's like, you're getting the car with no nav. <laughs> And uh, which is amusing. So, that is very amusing. And then the last car was a Miami Blue GT2 RS. Yeah. So we took the cars and we did it. And I think it was like a 600 kilometer uh, trip to Belgium, but we yeah. it was spaced out over the day. There was a we there was a ferry ride at one point over the the Rhine yeah. River. Um, we had a lunch stop. We had the ferry ride. We had uh, a coffee stop. And each stop we swapped cars. Okay. So we were in the Speedster first, uh, and it was amazing it yeah. has uh individual throttle bodies yeah which is is basically has like the next generation gt3 engine okay yeah uh which is extremely cool i did hear about that yeah, yeah. so um it's uh great but the manual it's manual it's a lot better so manual cool. it's a lot better manual than the one so, in the carrera t and it, it's a six speed it's the one from the 911 r in the gt3 touring very cool and it's it, it the body itself so it is a chopped roof it's 
it is a yeah it's a different top it's a you know it's got yeah it's the, got this giant rear clamshell it's all one big piece of carbon and it's fiber manual the roof it's uh partially partially you've got a the tonneau is uh you've got to snap some thingies but it okay. does the latch itself okay uh and then it's it got all the gt3 bodywork yeah uh, the regular gt3 not the gt3 rs yeah it looks uh, really cool. It looks really good. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm usually not a big fan of 911 convertibles. Me but neither. This one, That's the thing. The speedsters always look good. Yeah, and they this really one, do. And this one looks looks really good. It just looks so different yeah. than a 911 cab. Yeah. Um, so it is good. Yeah. <laughs> That's my review. That's all, yeah, like what else can you say? I, I know. I know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like good. some of the best cars on sale that anyone makes. Yeah. And we drove all of them. So the next car we drove a GT2 RS. Didn't get like ironically we didn't really get to put the power down that day yeah uh, because it was the roads were just so tight yeah uh, i'm gonna tell a quick story about andrew collins that i think makes him look really good so it'll be it, yeah. it's cool but we were we were in the woods taking photos yeah we we had been just we had just been driving for two hours in the yeah. gt2 rs and we're in the, going from town to town to town all of it's like 60 kph which yeah. is like 30 miles an hour yeah. 35 or something it was so slow we're going through all these towns and we stop we stop for a photo stop in these woods and we kind of pull off the road into like some dirt and stuff and mm. taking pictures and we don't see for 20 minutes we don't see another car go by yeah and just as we're leaving and he's driving and i'm like thinking i'm like we haven't seen another car go by so we're gonna have like a clear road in front of us yeah. just speed through these twisty roads in the woods there's yeah. no town in sight at least for the next couple miles just as I'm saying that, this car comes up on the left, like some Econo hatchback yeah. comes up. And Andrew, like, instinctively, as soon as he sees it, just, like, floors it while turning, while pulling onto the road. And it just, like, slides onto the road perfectly sideways Whoa. in front of this car, like, kicking up dirt and yeah. stuff behind us. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just, and then it like, you know, basically red lines and upshifts and we are, you know, suddenly a Gone. quarter mile ahead of them. Oh my um, God. But it was the coolest thing. It was yeah. one of those things where I think, I think he reacted like he was in literally any other car. Yeah. Like I'm going to step on it. And then but that has a different, this a different has, yeah. impact when you have 700 horsepower. Yeah. So, um, it was extremely cool. I was like, that's the most badass thing I've ever oh seen. My God. <laughs> uh, it was perfect. But, um, so we drove it that day. We didn't drive again. It was, it was a lot of slow driving, but it's a good car. Yeah. Um, I did end up getting to drive it more once we were in Belgium. Um, yeah. So I did get to put my foot down in it and it is, is it silly. like usable in like a city context? Yeah, totally. I mean, it, Yes and no. Like using the power, no. But using it as a car, like it's perfectly a normal car. Yeah. Like it's yeah. perfectly fine to drive around. It's it's comfortable doing anything. And I've it's... always meant to ask like uh, the people we know who, with uh, GT3s just as daily drivers, like Michael Meldrum, mm -hmm. or his wife drives uh, a GT3 to haul the kids around. Yeah. Uh, like how like, you know, if you're just making it work uh, for that car or if like the car is fine. Although this, I'm sure it has like PASM and whatnot that kind of softens it a little bit when you're not trying to go hard or something. Yeah, I mean I think I think the suspension tuning is is very good at being yeah. firm but usable yeah. at all times. Um so the next car, the last car of the day, we drove a GT3 RS. Mm -hmm. Uh and we were able to go fast on that like on the autobahn and stuff. Yeah. And that was pretty amazing. The coolest thing about the GT3 and the Speedster is it doesn't have any uh like pops or 
burbles or yeah. crackle, any of that shit. Because it's just like, all that would just be wasted energy. So yeah. it's just like this straight like straight table up. saw of just amazing. revs. Yeah. Um, so it is pretty amazing. That's um, very cool. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like driving with the NA engine yep. better. Yeah. Um, and it, because it's super linear and predictable, you yeah. kind of... It's linear and predictable, and it also with the PDK, it kind of pushes you to just go faster and go harder yeah. more of the time. Whereas the Speedster, you're really, it's really nice to just drive along and enjoy the engine it's when a, you can in yeah, bursts. Different kind of uh, yeah. driving like experience. Yeah. Uh, so was the GT2? Was it just like the was the acceleration just brutal? And if yeah. not, like also like just so fast, faster than you can react, like. If you were going at it hard, um, I mean, I'm sure you could get adjusted to anything. It's yeah. not like a Tesla in the acceleration because it is like this, like two stage, like wallop of of turbo, and, yeah. and you know, it just happens in a very brutal way. It's yeah. very like, but it's very cool. Um, but the GT3 is more satisfying, yeah, enjoyable. Uh, the GT2, yeah, it's it's one of the faster cars I've ever yeah. sat in, and and push the throttle down yeah but i think my pick without having driven any of those would still be the gt3 yeah. uh or the um speedster yeah the speedster is cool i don't know i mean porsche is not going to tell me even though i asked um because they normally do a speedster like once every 10 years yeah you know there's going to be a new gt3 probably in two years there's going to be a new gt2 probably in like three or four years mm -hmm. GT the speedster that is really rare and yeah but the difference is this is the first speedster that's built by the GT division oh so it is a GT3 without yeah. a roof um and but they've been pushing for this like the yeah. GT division has wanted to do something like this for yeah. a while and Porsche finally was like okay it's such a so it's a it's the question is is this going to be a regular model or yeah. or is it going to be we won't see a speedster until the 992.2. You know, we don't know. Yeah. We just don't know what they're going to do because maybe now that that dam is opened, it's like, oh, well, we can do this again in three I, years, two years. I like that they are producing these kind of like nod to heritage cars that are like good without needing to be, you know, the yeah. hardest, fastest right. thing. Right. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I mean, I, what would you think? Like, is it, better or worse that they continually produce a speedster is it like less special if every generation has its I own think speedster? it's a little less special yeah it's kind of like the targa almost too although like i don't like the 991 targa nor did i, uh, I the 996 I don't, I don't think there's any targa i like yeah yeah like it almost the 996 targa was almost fine i mean it was just like a big panel roof but i mean that was basically this that was a lot like the 993 targa yeah and i actually didn't like the 993 targa i don't like i don't think i liked any targas yeah, yeah. i mean i do think the classic hoop like we have now in the in the g model is maybe the most like less satisfied bad yeah yeah because it's its own thing it yeah. kind of became iconic in its own way well yeah pre, pre g model too of course I, yeah. I, I just naturally go to g model but yeah yeah um i don't know but yeah speedster I, is cool yeah, if uh, it, if it was just a like a cash grab, I'd be like, oh, it sucks. If it became a more regular occurrence, but the fact that it is another GT3, and yeah. the fact that it is manual only, yeah. is extremely cool. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Like it is, it is geared towards like, it, not even just like enthusiasts. It's just kind of like like Porsche listening to its uh, yeah. like customers, which is rare yeah. uh, for a car company to do. Yeah, uh, but that's so cool. Very cool. Yeah. What so, was your so? What was your pick out of the bunch? I still don't know. 
Yeah. I still, yeah, I didn't really reach that. I don't know. It might be the Speedster, but then again, I live in Houston. So if I had to have one here, it would probably be the GT3 RS. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's so, it's so good. Yeah. And that engine is so incredible. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we did get to drive some unrestricted Autobahn, yeah. which was cool because it's actually, uh, if we probably have listeners that have driven on the Autobahn many times, for me as a noob, it's like a lot of it has speed limits, which I kind of knew, but you'll get a sign where it's like a circle with like four yeah. lines. People and get that means, like tattooed on themselves. Yeah. And that means unrestricted. And so on the drive to Belgium, we actually had probably 25 miles of unrestricted or 15 miles or something like that. Um, on the way back, it seemed like we had very, very little, even though we were on the highway on the Autobahn for much of that drive. Um, so we did manage to get up to like 270 kph, which okay. is about 170 or 160, just under 170 yeah. miles an hour. Did you ever, were you ever able to do the math in your head? No. I can kind of do math with kilometers, but yeah. as I've said before, I can't do math with temperature. No. That is just ludicrous. It is ludicrous. I like, I still like, after a year of owning the Celsius, I still have no idea how fast I'm going or how hot or cold <laughs> it is in the car. So. Well, I just know like 60 miles an hour is 100 kph. I know so that's that. Yeah. solid. I mean, that's like a decent basis yeah. for anything. Yeah. Um, anyway, we made it to Belgium and then went to the 24-hour race, uh, which was incredible. It yeah. was, we stayed at this amazing hotel that was like a farmhouse that was rented out. I mean, it was a farmhouse converted to a hotel and Porsche had rented out the whole thing. Nice. Because it was probably only 12 or 15 rooms. Yeah. And, uh, we, yeah, the race was awesome. I did get to ride a Porsche bicycle that was extremely nice. Yeah. Wait, okay. Like a Porsche design one or? Uh, it was just like a Porsche branded bike and I looked it up online and Porsche sells it. I don't know if they manufacture it, but it was, it's a $3,500 bicycle. I was going to say, was it, is it as special as McLaren one, which is like 20 grand? It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, cause it was at their hospitality. And so. I left the race, I think, at like 1 a.m. And yeah. it's like, I was given the key to like bring this, ride this bike home so, yeah. and someone else will take it at six in the morning, yeah. which ended up not happening because during the race, there was like a five hour rain delay. So we yeah. stayed at the hotel until 11 a.m. when they restarted. Nice. But um, it was a cool 24 hour race. Uh, I got to see, I got to go in the garages during two pit stops and driver changes, which nice. was exciting. And then I got to leave and walk around the whole track and it's, really amazing it's just so old elevations insane the weather's insane yeah um some good viewing places and you'll i I walked a lot it was great yeah um very very good and then porsche won the race oh nice it's the first time that porsche has won since 2010 okay this race this is the biggest gt3 race in the world yeah so it's kind of all it kind of all comes together you've got the gt3 cars um and then the gt3 race and the gt3 911 which is 20 years old now was originally meant to compete in the gt3 class yep. and now the gt3 class is super bustling yeah with, uh, i think there was 12 manufacturers well in the race 12 manufacturer cars but interestingly this race in this series there are no manufacturer teams yeah so it's all privateers so it's all private teams huh and you've got cars entered from that there was NSXs, GT3s, you know, 911s, obviously. Yeah. Um, no McLarens, but pretty much everything else. Lambo, Ferrari. Uh, they all have a GT3 car, the yeah. Bentley. Um, and they the factories can't have a team. So they basically 
have like their factory drivers set up teams. Yeah. So like Timo Bernard has a team that's his team oh, nice. and he drives on and he drives to Porsche. Yeah. And Porsche also comes in and they bring their hospitality and they yeah. provide logistics and weather and strategy. Oh, nice. So it's like you've got the mothership I, providing all this stuff. So it's really, it's really interesting. It's like this weird proxy war situation. I don't watch any motorsports, uh, but it, this sounds like very interesting to me. It's, it really like, is. Much more so than F1. It is interesting because the cars are very more road relevant. And then the whole point of my thing, my story, is that the Porsches are the most road relevant of all of these. Because you 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 can't get like an Audi GT3 car for yeah, the street. That is true. Yeah. Uh, you can't get the Mercedes. Like the hottest Mercedes is not the same as this. Right. Actually, Mercedes uses the good V8 in this series. Huh. Uh, the 6.2 yeah nice they still use that because they're allowed to yeah and it's better yeah um nice yeah so is that the end of the trip basically basically the end the race uh that's a pretty good car trip yeah i mean it was one of those things where it's like it does not really get any better than this yeah Uh, drove back on monday we went to the uh bastogne museum in belgium which is like a world war ii thing and and our uh PR contact was like, hey, do you mind if we go here? Like, would that be cool? And we we're like, yeah, it'd be cool. And then we see like, you know, it's this museum about World War II and all yeah. this stuff. And they've got like a Kubelwagen in there. Wow. You're learning all this stuff about Nazis and they've got a Kubelwagen and it's like designed by Ferdinand Porsche. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Ooh. oh, I didn't think Ooh. we'd see a Porsche in here. Pulling, pulling collar. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, that was exciting. And then it was just a kind of a slog drive back on the Autobahn. We were in the Speedster. Yeah. We had the top down for like half, and then we put the top up for half because it just got pretty warm. Yeah. Uh, Is it like, uh, do the aerodynamics work such that you can actually just, like, is it a better or worse convertible? Um, I mean, I think it's about the same. I yeah. think they're all pretty good. I I, think, I, I don't know. It's interesting. So the, another factor, actually, I didn't even touch on this. And actually, in my article, I didn't touch on this because it's just too much to talk sure. about. Yeah. But the... So Porsche announced last year at LA Auto Show, they said, we're making a GT2 club sport. And by the way, there's going to be a race series and we're going to race and people are going to race these cars. So it's like, you know, this is theoretically, you know, you've got GT3 cars and you have GT2, which is more powerful. Yeah. Aerodynamics, not quite as good. Yeah. But um, so they like they had like 14 or 15 cars show up this was the inaugural inaugural gt2 club sport race yeah of which the 935 is also uh is also eligible yeah so there was i think three 935s and the 935 is the new like track only 70s inspired yeah uh, basically it looks very cool it looks very cool what's interesting though is it looks way more aerodynamic and actually it's they're equal it's equal with the gt2 Oh really? Yeah, it huh. looks way more aerodynamic, and I think, but it's like the GT2 that shape. I was gonna say it's kind of. I mean, like, I guess how much more could the aerodynamics be improved? Yeah, I mean, it's just got it's got more like kickups and whatever, and yeah. it looks smoother, it looks sleeker, and it's yeah. got you know more whatever. But yeah, the GT2 is very similar to a GT3 in shape, and they've been racing that for a very long time, yeah. and they've got that very dialed in. So yeah. then you introduce something that has this much more styling, it's like. Oh, it's very hard to actually make that yeah. actually translate into superior aerodynamics. So that race, um, there was two races over the weekend that were pretty, pretty interesting. It's a lot of gentlemen drivers, but it's still cool to see those cars mm-hmm. uh, racing. They're all limited, and they're and they're all seven hundred horsepower. So to yeah. see them on the track was pretty cool. Yeah, that is very cool. Um, 
Good so trip. I think that was, I think that's all of it. Oh I mean, God. I could go on for about all the like random like cars that I sent you. Like, of oh the, yeah. Of the random Euro cars. Because we're like simple Americans. So like, you yeah. know, a brown diesel wagon. Well, there was three Alpine A110s in the paddock. See? Oh my God. That's so pretty cool. cool. I, uh, I, I, it's so good. To me, it's almost like the Alpine is almost like uh, a, a concept car because we'll never yeah. get one. And yeah. it's so like radical looking uh and people actually can own them over yeah. there which yeah. is so cool mm-hmm. uh but yeah europe just for car spotting yeah the 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 current gen a6 wagon looks so incredible i told you uh, that but it looks yeah. really good it's got like box flares it just looks why are the we business. so stupid over here and prefer crossovers to wagons which is so dumb and bad it really is because <laughs> like the cla or yeah, CLA could have been saved if they just sold it in uh, the shooting brake form because it actually looks kind of good. Yeah, the shooting brake is really cool, and yeah. the, and the um, what is it? The A like the A forty five is cool. Yeah, see, that's like, really cool. Uh, yeah, we we're 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 bad. Yeah, yeah, with that's our true. CUVs and CUV coupes and <laughs> whatever. I was like, I was just kind of randomly car searching the other day, and it was at Mercedes dealership. And like, you know, in the past, and this is probably going to sound like curmudgeonly, but you know, you would have the option of sedan, coupe, convertible, or wagon. Uh, But instead, like, it's now like SAV, SUV, LAV, like... uh, Which website was this? It was just like a Mercedes, like, dealership site, because I was looking at a a car on there. And, but it was just like, I don't know what half of these things are. I mean, I do, but like, it's so stupid that someone would just be, ah, yes, I am looking for a sports activity vehicle because I activity I don't utility, but anyways, neither here nor there. Right. Yeah. So excellent trip. I want to do a well. I, I want to do a full on car trip one of these days, but that's literally all like we do when we travel. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and I'll be taking my first non car trip in a long time. I'm going to Seattle in two weeks. Oh really? Uh, yeah, two weeks. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, and I'll be probably renting a Volvo again. Oh, I can't wait to hear about. I it on know. This, on this I'm going to review show. it again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll still be getting out of Houston in August. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, bad for two days, but two days. Well, uh, for a weekend. Okay. Um. But yeah, and then I'm going to Japan in November. I'm going um, to Monterey next week. Oh yeah, you're going to Car Week. Yeah. Um. Again, mm-hmm. thanks for the invite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to go to Car Week. Oh, uh, Car Week! I'm just kind of like that. Japan trip is going to take uh, up like two weeks, um, and that's yeah, making crazy. me so nervous taking off that much time. But mm-hmm. uh, I do want to do a Car Week one of these days. Um, if you would just invite me already, <laughs> I'm working here. Whatever. <laughs> um, I can be your travel companion. I can like volunteer not to hold any of your things say, you could lift things <laughs> yeah um yeah so um, cool yeah. oh wait what did i talk about something else i'll add this in oh my god you're just throwing everything out of, out of order here what oh yeah what no go oh no i was just reading the thing on the thing oh the the values thing of the 917 yes uh go on <laughs> this is so bad just go on oh <laughs> 
Oh, I was wondering. I saw an Instagram post, yeah, uh, which I won't link to because I won't mm. bother. But it was about it was showing like three nine seventeens at mm-hmm. a shop in the nineties, a yeah. Porsche shop, uh, and I was wondering what did a nine seventeen cost in the nineties? I'm gonna guess twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, it was it was more than that. Okay, but I still yeah I was surprised that I I think they were like I think they were. 50. Close to a million, but I, like seven hundred thousand to a so million. Far off. But now they're twenty million. Instead. Yeah, but yeah. they I mean they were kind of worthless, and so it, it kind of reminded me um, somehow in a roundabout way. I got to the page, the, the Ferrari two fifty GTO value section on Wikipedia. Yeah, it's extremely interesting. Yeah, the GTO is the most valuable car. Yeah. in the world, yeah. pretty much uh, that, and like the Bugatti Atlantic. Yeah. Um, but the, there's a whole section about the the price history, yeah, and how they went from originally priced eighteen thousand mm-hmm. in what year? Nineteen sixty-two slash okay. four, yeah, sixty-two to sixty-four. Then they dropped a year later to four thousand. These are just oh my god, these are just transactions. Sure. Then ten thousand. Then in nineteen sixty-eight, six thousand. Sixty-nine, twenty-five hundred. Nice. Seventy-one, nine thousand. I'm going to skip a few. Nineteen seventy-four, twenty-eight thousand. 77 uh nick mason bought one for thirty-seven thousand pounds then you get to the 80s three hundred thousand five hundred thousand eighty six one million eighty seven one point six million eighty eight four point two million and then at 1990 it was 13 million for one then there was an economic crash and they dropped back down to the twos and then it went, last year one sold for 70. those stupid assholes that one who starts the trend <laughs> yeah one sold for seventy million last year. Jesus Christ, that is insane. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking like, I, like nine seventeen values. Like, uh, do you follow on Twitter? Uh, like the Auto Week. I think it's Auto Week or something. I do. Yeah. Uh, the classifieds and they just like they post vintage classifieds. Yeah, yeah. And your mind is just blown. I mean, oh yeah. Even when you do like the inflation calculator. Like Shelby Cobra nine grand. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Uh, but I'm also surprised. At how expensive some cars are too, even back then, yeah. like certain vintage Mercedes were still, yeah, like as valuable as they are today, right? Uh, but I just assumed that everything was worthless yeah. for a period, right, during the Reagan years, uh, <laughs> and then everything shoots up when that one asshole bids like a hundred to, yeah, I mean a million dollars. Well, something. and I don't know what a nine seventeen was in the eighties. I think a nine seventeen, but in the nineties, I think it's like there was a precedent for, yeah vintage race cars being expensive yeah yeah but um the gto is an interesting case it is you, you wonder imagine, like like if you buy one for what why know. do you think the gto ferrari 250 gto is the like touchstone like for like most expensive ferrari one, one of the most expensive cars uh, now probably just because racing it's heritage yeah and also yeah. now it has like a momentum now, of no i like value. The idea that now it's expensive because it's expensive yeah but yeah yeah it was, it was I mean, besides the mclaren f1 or gt40 it was one of the last yeah. like road cars that won le mans yeah and it was you know also a beautiful street car yeah and but yeah but there was always that period when like just race cars cars that were good and i don't you know what do you think what was it lack of it wasn't lack of interest, uh, or maybe it was, or maybe well, one obviously living in even in the '90s and '80s, like it's the media age. It was just easier to know about things, and maybe that helped values. But uh, mm-hmm. like back in the day, you know, you'd you'd hear like Muras go for like five grand, two grand, whatever, being given away basically. Yeah. Um, although that was probably true up until like 
the 90s anyways for that car but yeah just that it's just like what what is it that makes that devalues a car like that because you know of course we're looking back now on it and we can't see anything but like the beauty of what that car is but can you think of a car like I mean, other than air-cooled Porsches, uh, like where you always saw the beauty in it uh, and the values were low and then now they're astronomical. Like, Oh, I mean like M-Coupe. Yeah, I guess there are a lot of like normal cars now that are like anything on bad, basically. Like, yeah. say for instance, a the LS400 that sold for $25,000 today again. Wow. Like, they're, they're breaking the bank on just like very normal core cars all over the place. breaking the records um but but like special cars though can you think of anything like were countaches ever like dirt cheap um i don't know i don't know enough to know because it was in production for such a long time it seems like it'd be testarossa's delorean certainly although delorean is still kind of cheap now uh and that's not necessarily beautiful it's just kind of like a nice spectacle right i think i think the thing with countaches and testarossa's is like if the market isn't saying i mean you could kind of say it with like 550 marinello where the market says this car is going to be it, this car is not going to be worth this car is going to be worth this much and mm-hmm. let's say it's 70 grand and your service could be 45 grand yeah you know what i mean it works if you put that in the 80s in the 80s contacts and you yeah. have a mura it's like oh this car's worth twelve thousand dollars and the service could be yeah eleven thousand dollars sure yeah, you know what yeah. I, like very easily well, and you know what i mean and so people do sit. that do yeah. that calculus you know yeah. on the most extreme example like look at you know owning a bugatti veyron it's like yeah. unless you're a billionaire you wouldn't even want to have a veyron because yeah. i don't want to spend but, fifty thousand dollars on tires and then on i guess the smaller scale of that i mean back to i hate to bring up air cold pushes uh but like when they were like when g bodies were like ten, fifteen thousand dollar cars. People were owning them. I mean, there are people who trashed them too, but there are people who like would put in the work to own them mm-hmm. and would spend money on rebuilds that probably cost like upwards of seventy five percent of the car at that point. Yeah. Um. And I imagine it was that case for like more accessible like uh sports cars and like vintage supercars. Uh. But a lot of them, I guess, just languished too. Yeah. My X had a, uh, his father had a 308, uh, I think GTB. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was thinking about getting, like, just like dumping it somehow. And then, like, and this was in the early 2000s, and they were worth nothing then. Uh, and it just would have been so cool. Like, I wanted to convince him to, like, restore it or to get yeah. it running again or something. But, um, anyways, yeah. So. Yeah um those have climbed up in value a little but not crazy they're not the most expensive one certainly but like i I think the lowest they got was like in the 20s maybe yeah uh i don't i don't remember like before before bat uh yeah like i guess you could have looked in dupont registry dupont registry i mean i used to always look at like the classifieds yeah and see stuff i would when i was a kid i'd like on occasion buy a dupont registry and i would love to find one of those which i'm sure i don't have anymore yeah uh to see like what cars cost back then yeah but or we just wait until the next is it auto week the twitter it is auto week okay. yeah it's auto week i wish that was a separate feed just so i could just like binge it all is. those things no i think it's just their main feed though no i subscribe to auto week classifieds where oh, or really? something like that classifieds yeah oh, okay so maybe they retweet it okay yeah, yeah on yeah. the main one yeah okay so sorry for the twitter talk mm. mm-hmm. 
Um, cool. 99 well, or are we done? I think we're just about done because we're at an hour. Okay. So we'll cut that part out and Will well, we? maybe <laughs> I think that's a podcast. I think so. All right. <laughs> Why are you chuckling? Uh, bye. Bye.